Leviticus 23, these are God's words. And Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, and say to them, The feasts of Yahweh, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, these are my feasts. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, a holy convocation. You shall do no work on it. It is the Sabbath of Yahweh in all your dwellings. These are the feasts of Yahweh, holy convocations, which you shall proclaim at their appointed times. On the fourteenth day of the first month at twilight is Yahweh's Passover, and on the fifteenth day of the same month is the feast of unleavened bread to Yahweh. Seven days you must eat unleavened bread. On the first day you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it, but you shall offer an offering made by fire to Yahweh for seven days. The seventh day shall be a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it. And Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, and say to them, When you come into the land which I give to you, and reap its harvest, then you shall reap, then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. He shall wave the sheaf before Yahweh to be accepted in your behalf. On the day after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. And you shall offer on that day, when you wave the sheaf, a male lamb of the first year without blemish, as a burnt offering to Yahweh. Its grain offering shall be two-tenths of an ephah of fine flour mixed with oil, an offering made by fire to Yahweh for a sweet aroma, and its drink offering shall be of wine, one-fourth of a hen. You shall eat neither bread, nor parched grain, nor fresh grain, until the same day that you have brought an offering to your God, which shall be a statute forever throughout your generations and all your dwellings. And you shall count for yourselves from the day after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be completed. Count fifty days to the day after the seventh Sabbath, then you shall offer a new grain offering to Yahweh. You shall bring from your dwellings two wave loaves, of two-tenths of an ephah, they shall be of fine flour, they shall be baked with leaven. They are the first fruits of Yahweh, and you shall offer with the bread seven lambs of the first year without blemish, one young bull and two rams. They shall be as a burnt offering to Yahweh, with their grain offering and their drink offerings, an offering made by fire, for a sweet aroma to Yahweh. Then you shall sacrifice one kid of the goats as a sin offering, and two male lambs of the first year as a sacrifice of a peace offering, the priest shall wave them with the bread of the first fruits. As a wave offering before Yahweh with the two lambs, they shall be holy to Yahweh for the priest. And you shall proclaim on the same day that it is a holy convocation to you. You shall do no customary work on it, it shall be a statute forever in all your dwellings throughout your generations. When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not wholly reap the corners of your field. When you reap, nor shall you gather any gleanings from your harvest. You shall leave them for the poor and for the stranger. I am Yahweh, your God. Then Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a Sabbath rest, a memorial of blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it, and you shall offer an offering made by fire to Yahweh. 
And Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Also the tenth day of this seventh month shall be the day of atonement. It shall be a holy convocation for you. You shall afflict your souls and offer an offering made by fire to Yahweh. And you shall do no work on that same day, for it is the day of atonement, to make atonement to you before Yahweh your God. For any person who is not afflicted in his soul on that same day shall be cut off from his people. Any person who does any work on that same day, that person I will destroy from among his people. You shall do no manner of work. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. It shall be to you a Sabbath of solemn rest that you shall afflict your souls on the ninth day of the month at evening. From evening to evening you shall celebrate your Sabbath. Then Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, The fifteenth day of this seventh month shall be the Feast of Tabernacles for seven days to Yahweh. On the first day there shall be a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it. For seven days you shall offer an offering made by fire to Yahweh. On the eighth day you shall have a holy convocation, and you shall offer an offering made by fire to Yahweh. It is a sacred assembly, and you shall do no customary work on it. These are the feasts of Yahweh, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, to offer an offering made by fire to Yahweh, a burnt offering and a grain offering, a sacrifice and drink offerings, everything on its day. Besides the Sabbaths of Yahweh, besides your gifts, besides all your vows, besides all your free will offerings, which you give Yahweh. Also on the fifteenth day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the fruit of the land, you shall keep the feast of Yahweh for seven days. On the first day, there shall be a Sabbath rest, and you shall take for yourselves on the first day the fruit of beautiful trees, branches of palm trees, the boughs of leafy trees, and willows of the brook, and you shall rejoice before Yahweh your God for seven days. You shall keep it as a feast to Yahweh for seven days in the year, which shall be a statute forever in your generations. You shall celebrate it in the seventh month. You shall dwell in booths. For seven days all who are native Israelites shall dwell in booths, that your generations may know that I made the children of Israel dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am Yahweh. Your God. So Moses declared to the children of Israel the feasts of Yahweh. So far, the reading of God's inspired and inerrant word. We have here something of a conclusion, not just of the um, uh, section of Leviticus up until this point. Uh, in fact, uh, an application of what was concluded at the end of chapter 22. You remember chapter 22 ended very similarly to how Exodus 20 began when God had gathered Israel to himself at the uh, at Mount Sinai and had given them the Ten Commandments and, and identified himself. I am Yahweh who sanctifies you, who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am Yahweh. And that is how chapter 22 had ended. Uh, and that which the Lord had done in uh, a singular and great way at Mount Sinai in gathering his people to himself. He has now 
provided for them in the tabernacle a portable place for his glory to dwell among them. But you remember at the end of the book of Exodus, when his glory, they finished building the tabernacle according to God's instruction, when his glory filled the tabernacle, it didn't really serve very well as a quote-unquote tent of meeting because Moses couldn't go in there. And so there could be no meeting. Uh, And that's how Exodus ended with uh, the question up in the air, uh, how can God's people enter in and draw near to the glorious God. And so Leviticus began, Yahweh cried out uh, from within, I think it was uh, Tabernacle of Meeting at the beginning of Leviticus. Let's see here. Yes. Now Yahweh called to Moses and spoke to him from the Tabernacle of Meeting, saying, uh, and the word meeting there is actually the word that is translated uh, feasts. Uh, throughout this chapter, there are a few times where the the word feast appears in the English, and it's translating um, hog or hog, pilgrimage. And you can even hear the Arabic cognate word, uh, the hog is the, uh, the place in Mecca that all of the Muslims make their pilgrimage to. Well, thank God these pilgrimages and that have nothing to do with each other. Uh, except for the, that it's a similar word. Uh, but, uh, for instance, when it says the feasts of Yahweh in verse 2 and my feasts in, uh, in verse 2 and uh, the feasts of Yahweh in verse 4 and the feasts uh, of Yahweh uh, at the end of the chapter in verse 44, it's all just meetings, and it's exactly the same word as tabernacle of meeting. Uh, And so uh, if you read it uh, more literally like that, you can hear how this is really the culmination. Uh, This is not, um, you know, the Lord finished the holiness code and he checks that off the list. And all right, what's uh, what's uh, the next thing to put in the in the manual for the ceremonial code of Israel? Oh, yes, they need to know about their calendar. Uh, And so we're going to do the yearly calendar in chapter 23. No. The whole point of the uh, offerings, the ways of drawing near uh, that he has given, and the cleanliness code and the holiness code by which the tabernacle is maintained as consecrated for them to draw near is so that the tabernacle can function as a tent of meeting for the meetings that are throughout the year. Now, in three of these, all Israel was to come uh, to the tabernacle, the tent of meeting where God ha- had put his name. And later, uh, of course, that would be the temple. Uh, but uh, And so those three are pilgrimages. And in fact, that's where that, that word for pilgrimage appears. Uh, it appears with the pilgrimage of unleavened bread in verse 7, uh, and then the pilgrimage of tabernacles in verse 34. And there are a couple more instances, but it's especially in connection with those two. So God gave his people an annual calendar uh, when it was still the tabernacle, still the temple, still looking forward to Christ. Uh, the annual the annual calendar uh, was superimposed over uh, 
the weekly calendar, which of course belonged to humanity from the creation, even before the fall, and uh, belongs to the church now as new creation. The uh, 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 the annual calendar looked forward to when the Lord Jesus would come and he would fulfill uh, not just the priesthood, not just all of these sacrifices, but even the annual calendar and the things that uh, that each part of the annual calendar looked forward to, all every single one of them uh, would be fulfilled and subsumed and obsoleted and superseded by Jesus himself. This is why God's church does no, no longer has an annual calendar, because the one to whom the annual rhythm looked forward has come. And now there is a weekly rhythm, uh, because in Jesus... That which you had all of these annual meetings with God uh, to look forward to has been fulfilled continually. Uh, the great high priest no longer uh, never leaves the Holy of Holies. Uh, and those who are in him are united with him and seated with him there. Uh, but even when we pass from this world uh, and our souls uh, are absent from the body and present with Christ, uh, they are continually, perpetually there. Uh, and the Lord Jesus now has given to us not a couple of high days throughout the year so that we would have this kind of annual rhythm to our life with the Lord, uh, but he has given us the highest day every single week. Now that's a difference between what we, the greater glory of what we had now, what we have now, and the lesser glory of what they had then. Although, you can see in verse 3 that all of this is still related to the Sabbath. But you had the uh, the weekly Sabbath, and then you had the high day, the extra Sabbath uh, that, would, uh, that would come with the beginning of the Feast uh, of Unleavened Breads. It was a it was a unique Sabbath. So you had the high day Sabbath. That would be the the first day of unleavened bread. Of course, you would have the Passover um, on the 14th day. Uh, but you would have the Passover uh, after sundown on the 14th day. And then the 15th day uh, would, uh, would be a uh, special Sabbath. And on that special Sabbath, you would have the wave offering of... Uh, of the sheave that was brought. Now, this might be uh, quite a long time after the harvest, but they were not allowed to eat from any harvest uh, until the wave offering on the first day of unleavened bread uh, on that Sabbath. Sorry, the day after the high, the high Sabbath, uh, there in verse 11. They were not to eat until that wave offering had been offered to the Lord. Uh, so you have the Feast of Unleavened Bread with the first fruits in the first month. That would be 14th and 15th day of the month. And then in the seventh month, you would have the Feast of Booths or the Feast of Tabernacles, uh, which that month would begin with the trumpets on the first day of the seventh month. And you'd have the blowing of the trumpets, and that would, uh, that seven times throughout that day, you would have the blowing of the trumpets, and it would announce that the seventh month had come. And these were kind of their two high months, the first and the seventh month. And as you can tell, doing the math, they're spaced exactly six months apart. 
And so you can get a feel for how these are designed to give this annual rhythm uh, to, to Jewish life as they look for the year of God's favor. Uh, Isaiah in particular proclaims that there is a year of God's favor coming. Uh, and Jesus, uh, in his, when he begins his earthly ministry, he reads that passage uh, in the synagogue and he proclaims the arrival of the year of God's favor. Uh, and so there was this yearly rhythm in which they looked forward to that year of God's favor, uh, which, incidentally, Jesus's earthly ministry was actually three years long, but is looking especially forward to when Jesus would come and he would fulfill all of these things that the yearly rhythm of their life looked forward to. So in the first month, you would have Passover followed by the beginning of unleavened bread, and the second day of unleavened bread, you would have the wave offering, uh, which would uh, not only recognize that God is the one who had given them everything uh, that they had gathered in, uh, but once the wave offering ha- had been offered before the Lord, then they could start eating from that uh, from that particular harvest. Uh, and then you would have in the seventh month, the trumpets at the beginning of the month. On the tenth month, you would have the Day of Atonement. Uh, which fixes the annual day. Remember back in chapter 16, they had had gone through the procedure for the Day of Atonement, and perhaps that took place on the 10th day of the 7th month. Perhaps Nadab and Abihu and that whole disaster had occurred on the 10th day of the 7th month. That's why the Atonement, the Day of Atonement ritual, was necessary for the reconsecration uh, and uh, re-cleansing and re-consecration of the tabernacle. Uh, and then with your freshly reconsecrated tab- tabernacle on the 10th day of the month, then you'd have the Feast of Booze that started on the 15th day of that month. And it was a feast especially for rejoicing. You were supposed to get, uh, and I think it said fruit, where the Hebrew word is actually foliage, 40 fruit of beautiful trees. Uh, but they were supposed to, make really beautiful-looking temporary plant houses, uh, and they would do that all around uh, wherever the tabernacle was. Uh, They would all gather there, and it was a feast of rejoicing, uh, which is very different than how they remembered, or at least how they acted in the wilderness. Right? God is teaching them, even at the beginning of the wilderness period, God is teaching them that they should... Rejoice before him as the God who has gathered them to himself uh, and have, you know, these fantastic campouts with the Lord until they come into the land. Uh, and uh, and that is the, the perspective that God teaches them by the Feast of Tabernacles to have. Uh, who, who wants to have permanent houses when you could be uh, in these booths rejoicing before the Lord who has gathered you to himself. Uh, And so once they did have their permanent houses with all the blessings that came with that, they were still on the seventh month, the 15th day of the month, uh, to rejoice before the Lord in a fashion that reminded them of what a blessing those wilderness years were. Well, needless to say, the people of Israel, uh, already we have seen in, uh, in Exodus, did not treat it like a blessing to be in the wilderness with God, you know, they even said things like, oh, that we were back in Egypt. Horrors. God 
pull them out of Egypt in order that they could be with him. And they say, oh, that we could be back in Egypt. And of course, you know, when we get into numbers, we'll find that they grumble their way, they grumble their way all the way through. But the Lord teaches them, is, is teaching them, instructing them that their attitude should be different. Well, once they come into the land, there's another feast that they are to observe. And that's the third of these pilgrimage feasts. And it's, uh, it's the Feast of Weeks. Uh, sorry, the wave offering is also once they come into the land. Obviously, they don't have crops as they move through the wilderness. But the, the wave offering uh, initiates this seven weeks, the Sabbath of Sabbaths. And then on the 50th day of the month, they are to uh, to bring a grain offering, and uh, it's a grain offering that is actually baked with leaven, uh, which you know then that is not offered at the altar. Nothing with leaven was allowed to be brought to the altar. But those loaves baked with leaven then would be combined with the peace offerings uh, that belonged to the Feast of Weeks. Uh, and that would be uh, a special offering, special portion for the priesthood. And roughly speaking, I think that unleavened bread was supposed to be the beginning of the harvest, and then Feast of Weeks was supposed to be the end of the harvest. Uh, but if you count from unleavened bread, which is 15th day of month one, and then you add 50 days to it, uh, basically you are uh, into the beginning of the third month. And so... The Lord gave them a holiday month and in or a month with the high day in it, uh, in the first month, and then in the seventh month, uh, and you had the one that was a Sabbath of Sabbaths, seven, uh, seven sevens plus one, because the day the the wave offering is one day after that, uh, after the Sabbath of the Passover, and they would have what they called Pentecost. Pentecost, of course, is just from the word 50. Uh, and that's what was being celebrated uh, in uh, Jerusalem when the Lord poured out the Spirit from heaven. So there is this annual calendar, but the annual calendar was not uh, so much reveling in themselves because it was an annual calendar of meetings. We say feasts, but the primary word is meetings, meetings with God. And even the Sabbath itself is a meeting with God, a, a holy crying out or calling together. The word for convocation here is, again, that same uh, word for crying out. Yahweh cried out from the tabernacle or called out from the tabernacle uh, of meeting uh, at the beginning. So their calendar was built around being called together to have a meeting with God. There were things that they remembered in the Passover, they remembered the Exodus. Tabernacles, they remembered the wilderness. But the nature of it was not a remembrance of the past. It was a meeting with, or it was just supposed to be, a meeting with the God who was still their God in the present. And a meeting that looked forward to being eliminated uh, when the Lord Jesus came. They probably didn't understand the looked forward part uh, as well as we do now, uh, like Hebrews does, reading Leviticus in, uh, in light of the fullness of God's revelation uh, in the Lord Jesus. 
but it was primarily not to be. Uh, it was primarily to be a being called to into the presence of God to have a meeting with God. Uh, for Christians, that continues in the Sabbath, the Sabbath keeping that remains, which, of course, Revelation uh, one calls the Lord's day. That's what we are to do tomorrow. We're to view tomorrow and every Lord's day as a being called, in this case, not to the tabernacle, but called to heaven to meet with God. So this holy convocation, this holy calling together or assembly is uh, a meeting with God. And uh, the weekly Sabbath now uh, participating as it does under Jesus's priesthood in heaven itself is higher than any of the high days that the Lord had put into the annual calendar before. Uh, and probably you can uh, you can hear and see how sad it is that men have come up with their own calendars now, uh, and they uh, they introduce a new annual rhythm when. The Lord got rid of the annual rhythm as a part of the fullness of the glory of Jesus having fulfilled what this calendar looks forward to. But let us, uh, let us see what God has given us that his calling us together now as a calling together to glory. And the primary nature of the Lord's day is a meeting day with God. It's not just from the end of Isaiah 58 that we get the, the biblical or reformed uh, doctrine for how the Sabbath is to be kept and how the Lord's Day is to be kept. Now, God has made the Lord's Day a holy convocation, uh, to use the language with which Leviticus has translated, or New King James has translated that in Leviticus 23. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that you have made the way for us to draw near so that we may meet with you. And we thank you that you have given us now not a weekly Sabbath that uh, is um, part of an annual looking forward to the Lord Jesus, but you have sent your Son and you, he has ascended and taken his seat at the right hand. Uh, and we pray that you would give us to rejoice over the fullness of that uh, and uh, to meet with you in heaven, Lord's day by Lord's day. Help us, Lord, not just to remember what you have done and look forward to our own entering glory, but help us uh, to meet with you, to have a meeting day with you uh, on each Lord's Day. Grant it, we ask, by the ministry of your Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen.